Welcome to the Seeing Red Podcast. That's right, that's right is another edition here of the Seeing Red Podcast. My name is Troy Moriello. I'll be your host today, bringing you up to date and up to speed on everything St. John's basketball related on this wonderful Wednesday morning or afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. It is a game day as well versus Mount St. Mary's later tonight. Uh, Hopefully we'll have some reaction to that maybe later in the week. But we are getting this podcast out a little bit before that. We're going to take a break from the from the rapid reaction podcast and do something a little bit different today, because today we have our first ever, our inaugural historic first ever fan forum edition of the Seeing Red podcast. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I uh, I tweeted out a little poll, an eight question poll that I wanted everyone to take and give me some feedback on. The feedback was incredible. Uh, we got a good amount of, of answers for our for our poll questions, and we got a good amount of feedback as well. So that's what this episode is going to kind of be focused on. It's going to be giving you guys the results of this. Uh, I, I, it's, I call it a confidence poll, a confidence survey, uh, seeing how confident the fan base is really after the bulk of the non-conference schedule is now over and it's five, you know, quote unquote cupcake teams that hopefully we don't regret saying that uh, over the next couple of weeks before Big East play begins. So we're going to get to that. That's going to be the bulk of our show today. We have David G. Combs coming back on. Remember, he was on a couple weeks ago after the Legends Classic. So he's going to come on and talk about his answers on the poll, actually. But we have some um, responses to read before that. But before we get to our polls, before we get to our historic first ever fan forum on the Seeing Red podcast, we do have to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, You can follow me as always on Twitter at Troy Moriello, M-A-U-R-I-E-L-L-O. That's where every episode will be posted. You can check us out on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. We're doing great, great numbers there. Thank you all for the support as usual. Uh, If you did not listen, we had a instant recap on Saturday, instant reaction to the Georgia Tech game. I literally filmed it uh, minutes after the game ended, so I was kind of all over the place given my uh, my takes on what happened there and just you know, what I liked, what I didn't like. And uh, I think it actually turned out really well. I'm happy with how that one turned out given the circumstances, how it was kind of an all-over-the-place type episode. But if you have not checked that out yet, definitely go check it out. You know what? Pause this episode right here. Go check that episode out. And then come back to this one. We'll, we'll wait for you. So go, go do that. We'll come back here and then resume this podcast the rest of the way and listen to our uh, our first ever poll, our first ever fan forum. But um, yeah, so, so definitely check out the Georgia Tech one if you have not. Leave some feedback as usual. Uh, like I said, I'm always looking for new voices and we're going to hear a bunch of new voices later on in this episode as well. So definitely reach out if you have any interest in helping out 
in any way, shape, or form. Um, but yeah, that's just about does it for the housekeeping. So let's get right into now this fan forum. Like I said, first ever fan forum. Eight questions, eight burning questions for the St. John's faithful through seven games. Our first ever 7-0 starts since 1994, 1995. So we're going to start with a confidence. We're going to start with a confidence rating. We're going to hit everything. Uh, players, coaches, opponents, Every, everything that you guys can think of will have the results right here for you guys now. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so let's get right into it with this, uh, this confidence poll that I put out yesterday. First, listen, I want to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart. Thank you all for helping out with this, for taking the poll. We got a, a really a solid amount of, of responses on this poll to where I feel... I feel good enough about about um, you know releasing the results to everyone. I think a good enough chunk of this audience, at least, answered the poll to where it's a pretty accurate to what uh, to what we're doing here. And you know, if you guys sent in comments, we had a bunch of people that sent in comments. Thank you for doing that. Thank you to David Combs, who's going to come on in a little bit and give his comments as well. It means a lot to me, guys. This is exactly the type of thing that I wanted to do. Uh, when I first started this podcast a couple weeks ago. So thank you all for, for making that dream a reality, seriously. And I hope that we can do more of these in the past. So here's how it's going to go. I'm going to read the question. I'm going to read the results for you guys as well. Uh, what got the most percentage, obviously, what's the winner is. I'll give my quick take on it. And then if anyone sent in their response, I will read their quick take as well and give them a shout out as well. So let's get right into it. Question number one was on a scale of one to 10, what is your overall confidence rating through seven games? And I said one, being that we won't win a Big East game, that it's going to be like a couple of years ago, or we didn't win our first Big East game until February, or 10 being book the trip to Minneapolis because we're going to the Final Four. The winner was seven. The confidence rating of seven was the winner with 44% of the vote. Eight was close with 13%. And six was actually closer with, with 26%. Apologies. Six was closer and then eight was was third. So six, seven, eight range. Um, I would tend to agree with that. I would probably be closer to six than seven, to be honest. I'm very happy that they're undefeated. But there definitely have been some holes to where I would say, you know, let's bump it down to a six instead of a seven. Let's read some of our fan comments. We have to start with our guy TA, uh, TDA3397 on Twitter. Probably the biggest fan of this show, so big shout out to him. He's always helping out and giving comments and uh, positive comments in any way that he can. Thank you, man. Here's his comment. He said, I put confidence at a seven, but if slash when Kata comes back and makes a difference, and if he can take pressure off Heron to play more outside, I would put it at an eight. I think Pons, with Pons playing this way, we have a March run in us in spite of the coaching, and we're going to get to the coaching in a little bit. So that, thank you, TA. Uh, Patrick Kane, our boy Patrick Kane, at Patrick Kane 7 says, I'd give it a 7.5. I think the pieces are definitely there. And defensively, we are figuring things out. With Kata healthy, I'd go 8. But if he's out past the Big East opener, I'd go 7. So he's kind of in the middle there between a 7 and an 8. Definitely respectable there. Uh, but yeah, so the confidence rating for the fans right now is at a 7. We'll see where that goes in the coming weeks. Uh, question number two was, what player has impressed you the most through seven games? I thought this one was kind of obvious, or at least was going to be kind of obvious between two choices. I put uh, basically just the starting five and then and then Mikey Dixon as well. And if you couldn't guess, the, uh, the two choices that got the entire vote were LJ Figueroa and Shamori Pons. LJ got 60% of the vote. 
Shimori Pons got 40, and they split the vote between those two, as honestly as expected. Um, if I was picking, I would probably pick LJ. I think, you know, Shimori's been incredible, but I don't think anyone expected that we would get the kind of production and intensity out of LJ Figueroa that we got. So he'd be my pick. I would tend to agree with this one as well. Let's read some comments. Uh, Patrick Kane is back. He says, Pons has absolutely been the most impressive player, and he should be on everyone's early list for National Player of the Year. But LJ Figueroa has surprised me the most. Not only are his stats and efficiency better than anyone could have expected, his game as a whole is so refined. He has helped us in every single area, not least of which is energy. And I would definitely agree with that. His energy has been off the charts uh, so far. Uh, going ahead now, we have Brett Joseph. He's at the Brisness. I love that Twitter name. He says, LJ Figueroa, as biggest pleasant surprise to the season. He's got a lot of hype, but I feel like he can be a bit of a crapshoot with the Juco guys, but the dude is legit. I honestly think I've been more impressed by him than Heron so far, although I, I realize this could look like a ridiculous statement by season's end. That might be true, but right now that's not a ridiculous statement at all. I think that LJ Figueroa has really you know, been easily the most impressive player on this team especially when you look at what he said about you know juco guys are kind of a crapshoot you never know what you're gonna get st john's has been burned by them in the past but certainly not so far by lj figueroa so let's go ahead to question number three now the converse of question number two uh what player has disappointed you the most through seven games this one i thought that the answer was kind of a little bit obvious as well, or a little, at least a little bit obvious between uh, two guys. Unfortunately, it is Marvin Clark. Uh, he got 55% of the vote, and then Brian Tribble took home 27% of the vote as well. I kind of figured it would be split between those two guys. Uh, I would have to pick Marvin as well. Listen, he's a, he's a great guy, and he's he's doing his best out there. And I really do think a lot of it is because of he's he's being forced to sort of play out of position, and he has a lot on his plate right now with CDK to out. So I would put Marvin Clark as well, but I'm not terribly concerned with him. I know that he's a gamer. I know that he's he's working hard every single night, and I, I'm really not. Ter- Terribly concerned uh, with Marvin Clark to, to stay in this most disappointing uh, range by the season's end. Let's get to our co- our fan comments. Ta, uh, he says, uh, I'm gonna clean it up a little bit. He says Trimble stinks, and he couldn't possibly possibly be better than Greg Williams. I would have picked him for most disappointed, but I wasn't expecting anything from him anyway. So Ta, not mincing any words there for Brian Trimble. Uh, Patrick Kane says it has to be Clark. He's being asked of a, he is being asked of a lot. Of by playing exclusively center, but he is really struggling. And in my opinion, he doesn't need to be hitting shots to be making more of a contribution. Not being a post-up player does not preclude you from touching the paint now and again. I will say that I think he's done a solid job of manning up in the post, but his help defense is really poor and his reaches are killing his ability to stay on the floor. That's true. He has been in some bad foul trouble. Uh, Brett Joseph comes back and he says, I'm most disappointed in Clark so far. I think that's an obvious choice. I agree, unfortunately. Uh, But I'm also not really worried about him. He was so solid last year. I'm confident he's going to break out of his current slump. I would agree. I think he's going to break out of this. And, um, you know, we're all rooting for Marvin. He's a great guy. So he'll be fine, I think, going forward. All right, question four. Moving on along. This is probably the, uh, the hottest topic with St. John's fans over the past couple of years. It was, how would you rate the coaching staff's performance through seven games? Uh, like I said, you know, this is really the uh, the bulk of the non-conference schedule. We have definitely seen some ups and some downs with this coach's staff, but approve 
Uh, the options were strongly approve, approve, disapprove, strongly disapprove, and indifferent. Approve actually got the highest percentage percentage of the votes with 52.5%. Indifferent was second with 25%. Only 17.5% total either disapprove or uh, strongly disapprove. So that's not a, not a bad job for Chris Mullen and company. I would I would probably say more of indifferent, to be honest with you. They have done a, a decent job, uh, you know, not letting this team kind of fall apart when they've gotten down in games I mean, against Cal, against VCU, against uh, Georgia Tech, as we saw. But I'm still seeing some of the same problems kind of creep back in with, you know, the not being prepared, the lack of in-game adjustments, the lack of halftime adjustments. So there are issues there. I would probably say indifferent. Let's see uh, if the fans agree with me here. T.A., TDA, he says, I selected indifferent as far as coaching, but I meant more as approve on something, disapprove on others. I agree with that. Obviously, they're doing something right since we're 7-0, and but substitutions and playing time for the freshman is worrisome, and I would definitely agree with that. And we're going to get to a question like that in a little bit. Patrick Kane, he says, 7-0 and says a lot, even with the schedule. We've played four games against teams you'd think will beat some good teams throughout the year, all of which were away from home. Now, that's an underrated fact that all of these games were away from home as well. I would have been disappointed with a loss in an individual game, but a slip-up could definitely have been expected considering the loss of Keita. In my opinion, Mullen has made some solid adjustments and has looked more comfortable on the sidelines. I would agree with that. I would tend to agree with that. And, you know, he definitely has a, a solid coaching staff around him. But, yeah, I would say that Chris Mullen overall has has improved. Not, not you know, significantly, but he's definitely done a better job through these seven games. And, obviously, he has their, their seven and up. So... Let's move on to question number five, another kind of hot button question here. What is your biggest concern with Big East play looming? The options were the lack of a front court presence with CDK to out, the lack of depth or no interest in playing the bench, uh, three-point defense, relying on too much on Shimori Ponds in close, in close games, excuse me, or other, and I ask you to please specify which some people did. The winner was the lack of a front court presence with CDK to out, that got 37.5% of the vote. And even 25% went to the lack of depth and no interest in playing the bench. And then about 10 to 15% through the others. 15% said other. Uh, those responses, I don't have names for them, but I'll just read them real quick. Someone said the lack, the lack of a front court presence, even when Kata comes back, which I've kind of been saying, you know, if he's in foul trouble, that could be an issue. Uh, someone said they have very little confidence in the coaching. Someone said offensive rebounds. They do give up. Oh, yeah, they've done okay on the offensive boards, I would say. And then poor coaching, coaching, and the lack of a front court slash no offensive set. So people are a little bit concerned about the coaching, which I don't totally blame you, but that's okay. Okay, our all-star responses now. Uh, we got C. Tomlin checking in. He, he's at C. Toma, T-O-M-A. Toma, maybe? I'm not sure. C. Toma, 24. Uh, he says, thank you for sending in a response here. He says, the lack of a front court is a concern right now. I think once Kata comes back, the team will be much better on both ends. Pons is the best player, but worried that he will have to bail them out moving forward with lack of sets on offense. I actually might have said that... Um, I think that this that you know relying too much on Shimori Pons is actually my biggest concern. 
just because they have so many options. And, and you know, listen, Shimori is an, uh, an incredible player, obviously, as we've seen. But they are, with all the weapons that they have on offense between Pond and Heron and Figueroa and Clark and, to an extent, Simon, Mikey Dixon off the bench, it's it's all Shimori down the stretch. And that's great. It's fun to watch because especially when you know he's going to hit a lot of those shots, those clutch shots. But it is a little bit concerning that still it's still kind of the same show with, uh, with Shimori kind of having to do everything down the stretch. So I would kind of agree with that. Um, Patrick Kane checks in and he says, he says size is his biggest concern. If Keita can give us just 20 minutes, I think it will go extremely far. I don't worry much about playing with Clark, playing with Clark at the five, but long stretches without him or Keita on the court will lead to our demise. Just being able to go to Keita will stop teams from game planning exclusively to kill us inside. That's a huge underrated factor about CDK to coming back is just it stops teams from being able to bully you inside, which has happened to St. John's in the past. And it, it takes a lot of pressure off Marvin Clark, which we talked about in the beginning of this uh, of this uh, survey that, you know, he's been in so much foul trouble lately because it really is only him down low. Uh, Brett Joseph checks back in with our final fan comment, and he says the lack of size and refusal to, refusal to use Roberts is my biggest concern going forward. And I agree. You, uh, I definitely highlighted that on our Georgia Tech recap podcast. If you didn't listen, I just I don't understand why they refuse to open up the bench more than one or two guys. So question number six. Now we're going to uh, breeze through these last couple of years. How many games will St. John's win in conference play? The options were 0 to 3, 4 to 7, 8 to 11, 12 to 15, and 15 plus. And the overwhelming majority of you think that it will be 8 to 11. 62.5% picked 8 to 11. And I would tend to agree with that. I think they're going to be somewhere in probably that 9 to 10. Uh, maybe 11 win range. If I had to pick, I would say, um, you know, if I had to pick a high, I would say probably 12 or 13, but I don't think they're getting that high. And uh, 30% of you said 12 to 15. So basically 90% of you said somewhere in between that 8 to 15 range, which I think is obviously the uh, the right answer then. A couple jokesters picked 15, uh, 15 plus uh, a couple of you. So I don't know where you're we're getting that from, but okay. Uh, question number seven now, what's the most impressive win? so far which win through these first seven has impressed you so far i said the dominant win at Rutgers, the shamori show over vcu when he hit the game winner the comeback over georgia tech or none i expected to be seven and oh and i'm also a liar i put because <laughs> i don't think i think some expected that to be fair i think i was a little harsh there but the winner was the dominant win at Rutgers, that got 52.5% of the vote. I would 100% agree with that. And just looking how Rutgers has looked, um, you know, they, they hung around with a couple of, I think they hung around with Michigan State, and then they almost beat, or they almost, but they, they hung around with Wisconsin, I believe, the other night too. So Rutgers has looked okay. Yeah, they only lost by five to uh, Wisconsin last night. Not a, You know, they've got three losses now, but they've looked okay to start off um Big 10 play with a couple of tough top 15 opponents. So that win is looking better and better for St. John's, especially in the manner that it was on the road. They blew them out. So I would agree with that. Uh, the second highest picked was the comeback win over Georgia Tech. I would agree. Didn't know that should probably be second. That was a nice win, but they shouldn't have ever been down 16 in the second half to that team in, in, in any way. So I would say, yes, it was, it was an impressive comeback, but the win as a whole, the game as a whole was not very impressive to me. And our final question 
which Big East opponent do you fear the most? We are a couple weeks away from Big East play. I want to know which team right now you fear the most. They're all looking up at St. John's right now at the top of the conference, but obviously we still have to fear someone just judging on how conference play has gone for us the last couple of years. Uh, Only two teams didn't get a vote, and I was actually surprised that one of them didn't get any votes at all. Um, If you can guess, uh, you know, know, take a second here. Here's what I'm going to do. Take a second to yourself and try to guess the two teams that did not get a vote. I'll give you two seconds to guess. Okay. The two teams that did not get a vote were Georgetown and Xavier. Neither one of them received any votes Not one person is scared of Georgetown or Xavier. Even DePaul got a vote. DePaul, Providence, and Butler all got one vote. But the winner, uh, not not really a major, not an overwhelming majority, but the majority was Villanova with 41% of the vote. And then Marquette got 28% of the vote. And honestly, that's probably where I would slide uh, St. John's in at this point, really right behind Villanova and Marquette. If I was picking, I would pick Villanova. You know, listen, I'm, I, you know, they haven't looked outstanding. They had that terrible loss, which is looking a lot better now against Furman. Um, but they've looked pretty decent. They didn't look great over the weekend against Super LaSalle. They played that was winless. Um, but I think Villanova is only going to get better, you know, with Jay Wright at the helm. You know, things are going to turn around for them, you know, and I say turn around like they're terrible when they're ranked. Um, but I think, you know, as, as long as Villanova is still Villanova, it's like the Patriots. You're just going to pick them to, to be at the top of the conference. And right now they fear me the most. Marquette definitely fears me, fears me. Uh, Mar- I, I definitely fear Marquette. Sorry. Um and then Creighton actually got a good amount of votes, too. I would say that those are the three teams that, that uh, look pretty decent to start the year. Creighton hung around with Gonzaga over the weekend, which was impressive from them. But, uh, yeah, that that uh, wraps up our first-ever fan uh, confidence survey, whatever you want to call it. So we're going to throw now to David G. Combs. He's gonna, we're going to do a quick discussion with him on what his picks were. So thank you to him for hopping on. Uh, he reached out and said he wanted to give me his picks. Uh, via interview, which, listen, he's, he's come on before. He's a friend of the program, did a great job a couple weeks ago. So, of course, we're going to have him on. And, yeah, thank you again to everyone. We had, a, I think, four or five people send in their responses via Twitter. Thank you guys again for doing that. That was awesome. Uh, I enjoyed doing this. So if you guys liked it, let me know. If you didn't like it, let me know as well. Maybe we, we'll scrap it if the uh, audience didn't like it. But I enjoyed it. I liked uh, seeing the responses from everyone. Like I said, I think we got a good amount of people answering this. So let's toss to David now, and uh, we'll catch you guys on the flip with some uh, closing thoughts on this Wednesday. Okay, we now go to our interview for the episode. We've got David G. Combs back again from Rumble in the Garden. He's going to give his thoughts on this little poll, on this uh, confidence poll that I've done. Uh, David, how are you doing? Doing well. Uh, how are you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, we welcome you back on the, the second ever recurring guest. Now we're uh, we're knocking through recurring guests here. I I, I like that we have a couple of recurring guests on the show. <laughs> Starting to feel like a friend of the program. 
Sarah, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so I guess we'll get right into it. We just kind of finished uh, going through the overall results of, of these uh, questions that I had asked the, the uh, SJUBB nation. So I guess we'll just jump right into it with you. So for question one, it was on a scale of one to ten, what is your overall confidence rating in St. John's uh, through seven games, with obviously one being the lowest and ten being, you know, this is a Final Four team? Uh, I, I kind of had had some issues uh, scaling it from, from one being one, one a game to, to the Final Four. That's a, <laughs> that's a big stretch. So uh, I kind of started at the top end where it tends to the Final Four, and I, I kind of backed it out. Sweet 16 or first weekend. So I ended up, I think, around six. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you're actually right around where most people are. The majority actually said seven, but uh, 26% of people said six. So you're kind of right in that range, I would say. That's a good way to do it. I didn't didn't think to do it that way. Um, (laughs) Going ahead now, question two. This was uh, which player impressed you the most? through seven games and before you answer i'll say uh it was an overwhelming majority and in fact every answer was between one of two guys so let's see which one that you picked <laughs> uh well my feelings were a little hurt that you added uh brian tremble to question three but then you give me a chance at him on number two i, I, I was wondering if anyone was going to notice that <laughs> so uh i was kind of bummed about that because I, I have been pretty happy with him in some respects but uh i guess i kind of went with uh with lg on this one he and I think it's a matter of uh, managed expectations. I mean, Ponce has been great, and I don't want to detract from him at all, but LJ coming in, I kind of thought he would just be a, a rim runner, run runner uh, catch and finish type guy, but he's, he's been able to do a, a lot, quite a bit more than that. Mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah, I, I agree with you with that one. I picked him as well. Just like I said, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of these, these Juco kids, and he's really uh, stepped up for them through the first seven games. Uh, question number three was the uh, which player has disappointed you. I did add Brian Trimble to this one. Uh, what was your answer for this one? Uh, trying to recall. Um, I, I think so far, I mean, I'm trying to remember which one I did for this one, actually. <laughs> Uh, I, I guess I put down Marvin Clark. Uh, I mean, the the shooting's been tough, especially in the, the NBA, NBA arenas. It's been better at the um, at Karnaseka and mm. at, uh, down at Rutgers. But mm. between that and then the similar foul issues that we that you had been dealing with last year, uh, it's it's just something. I, I think it'll we'll see. Uh, those of us watching, I, I think we'll see it improve. Mm. Uh, it's just been kind of a not up to expectations i suppose coming into the season yeah and that's that's kind of the consensus that i think i've gotten with marvin is that he has disappointed but i think that everyone kind of has a feeling that he's going to pick it up especially when cdk comes back and he's not really playing uh out of position uh going ahead now to question number four it was how would you rate the coaching staff's performance through seven games the options were strongly approve approve disapprove strongly disapprove and indifferent so what'd you go with on that one uh with approve um as kind of a i guess an nba style i, I kind of say strongly approve for people like popovich and brad stevens so okay. but uh, as far as uh, approve i mean i don't i don't think there's been any uh coaching errors that have led to large lapses of, of scoring droughts or long runs outside of the the one with georgia tech but uh, for the most part, I, I think they've 
really done their job and most of the people on the court have as well okay yeah and i would say most most agree with you on that one as well uh going to question number five it was what is your biggest concern with big east play looming the options were the lack of a front court presence with CDK to out, the lack of depth, the lack of depth, and no interest in playing the bench, the three-point defense, or the reliance too much on Shimori Pons in close games. There was also a, uh, a section for other as well. If you if you pick that one, uh, I've been concerned about the relying too much on Pons. Okay. Um, St. John's is, especially this year, surrounded him with other guys that either know their roles or should be able to fill scoring gaps mm-hmm. that. Uh, happened last year that mm-hmm. we didn't really have someone else to go to and yet kind of through seven games we've had at least three come to mind where he's had to you know find his uh, Superman cape and see what he can do mm-hmm. um, I guess to get into a little bit it, it seems like Mustafa at times he'll, he'll be trying too hard to get a shot and take contested shots close to the basket and I felt LJ was doing that as well against Georgia Tech where the his motor was there, but it wasn't panning out as it had been, so he, he might have been forcing some. And then we just go back to, to Pons having to, to carry it, and hopefully we uh, we see some more of his delegation games that we saw against um, so, uh, Eastern Maryland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I, I agree with you on that one. I, I think that you know while it's nice to have Shimori kind of put on the Superman cape, like you said, it, the, 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 uh, the talent and the options should be there that he doesn't really have to do that as much as he has uh, so far. Uh, question number six was how many games will St. John's win in conference play? Uh, it was zero to three, four to seven, eight to 11, 12 to 15, or 15 plus if you're feeling extra crazy. <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't feeling extra crazy, and maybe it's just a, a polling bias to go towards the center, but I kind of went 12 to 15. Okay. Uh, looking at the schedule and looking how people have uh, played thus far, I think there's a few trap games set up on our conference schedule notably January 13th against Creighton I think's probably the biggest trap game of the season because it's the one right before Duke it's on the road it's in the middle of the week Mm -hmm. so it's I I think games like that are especially at risk and um, I mean St. John's has been 1-6 against the spread so they haven't performed (laughs) as well as one would expect exactly and the rest of the Big E seems to be outperforming kind of what we expected from them exactly I, I think the Big E has definitely picked it up after that rough like first two one or two weeks where it looked like it was going to be terrible I think that a lot of these teams have really found their footing I think which doesn't bolt great for St. John's it's nice that the conference looks good but I think conference play is going to be maybe a little bit tougher than it looked um, a few weeks ago Uh, but going on to question seven it was uh, the most impressive win so far your options were the dominant win at Rutgers the Shimori show over VCU the comeback win over Georgia Tech, or if you're feeling like a liar tonight, you could have said that you expected to be seven and zero at this point, which isn't that crazy. But I don't think anyone expected that. Uh, I was I was actually kind of expecting to, uh, St. John's to be about seven and zero at this point. Okay. Um, I was I was low on Rutgers. I was incredibly low on VCU and Georgia Tech, and oddly enough, high on Cal. Okay. Um, but it, there wasn't really anything on the schedule that stood out to me as uh, it wasn't like UK playing Duke in the first game where it's it's almost a coin flip without seeing anybody. Mm-hmm. But 
given how much St. John's had coming back and how how flawed the other teams were, I thought seven zero was was reasonable. Okay, I respect that. You're uh, you're not pulling any punches there. You're holding them accountable. I like that a lot. Um, <laughs> going ahead now to the final question. It was which Big East opponent do you fear the most? I'm going to give you a chance. Uh, this is after after. Uh, after I already talked about it uh, in terms of this podcast, but there were two teams that didn't get any votes. Can you guess one of them? I'm going to give you a chance to guess one team that didn't get any votes. No one fears them at all. Um, what about Xavier? Wow, yeah, good guess. It was, it was Xavier and Georgetown. I would have thought DePaul would have just, like, just by, you know, history would have been one of those two. But no, DePaul got a, yeah, DePaul got a vote, Providence got a vote, and uh, Butler. They were the ones with one vote, and Georgetown and Xavier had none. Who did you pick with this one? Uh, you know, I was, I was kind of torn between Creighton and Marquette. Um, like I said earlier, I'm kind of biased to that, uh, that road trap game against Creighton later in the conference play at the end yeah. of January. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think if, if St. John's does kind of have to stick with Shamori being as incredible as he's been, um, uh, Howard from Marquette may be able, may probably be the only guy in the conference that could yeah. match him blow for blow. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I think the rest of the St. John's supporting cast is probably better than Marquette's, mm-hmm. um, the, the fact that, you know, or, the, the trump card's been mitigated is uh, concerning. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think Marquette's definitely going to pose a threat, uh, along with Villanova and Creighton, like like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, th- thank you, man, for coming on here and uh, just giving your quick thoughts about the poll. I, I appreciate that we had some people wanting to uh, to call in to give their thoughts. A lot a lot of people uh, threw in their their uh, what they responded and everything. So I appreciate the love from the uh, the listeners here, and I appreciate you calling in, man. Like I said, you're, a, you're like you said, you're a friend of the program now. So we'll definitely have you on at some point uh, over the next couple of weeks. Maybe not the next couple of weeks with these games that should not be very close. But hopefully once Biggie's play gets going, uh, we can have you on a couple more times this season. Yeah, seeing Rip Prog, uh, podcast from the program, I'm going to have to update my resume, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> but it's been fun. Thanks for having me on. All right, man. You have a good night. You too. All right, thanks. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, thank you again to David for coming on there, kind of doing the quick rundown of what he picked for every question on the survey. And um, thank you again for everyone for send, for voting, for sending in your responses, for everything. Like I said, I really appreciated it. Like I said at the top of the show, this was really you know exactly what I envisioned uh, for this podcast when I started it a couple months ago. This is exactly what I wanted this to be. And thank you guys for, for really helping out and taking the first step in what I hope is many steps on this long journey in, in making this really interactive type podcast. And for those who questioned, um, you know, why we did it at this point, one, it's a little bit of a slow week. You know, uh, the games this week aren't too uh, enticing and the games really for the next couple of of weeks aren't too enticing. Um you know, I, I want to do some cool interviews for you guys. So we're going to try to set up some uh, some interesting guests that we can have on in the next couple of weeks as well while we kind of get through this lull in conference play. Or hopefully, again, it's a lull. Knock on wood that it's a lull uh, and that these games aren't really too close. But, um, but yeah, so I, like I said in the Georgia Tech uh, recap that you can listen to, again, if you haven't already, 
you know, we've already learned all that we're going to learn about this team in in uh, non-conference play unless we get hit with an epitome of brutality tweet from John Rothstein at some point in these next five games where we've learned what we're, what we're going to know about this team. The next time that we'll truly learn about this team will be on December 29th in the Prudential Center against Seton Hall. So I thought this was a good time to kind of break out the uh, the confidence survey. Maybe we'll do another one. I'm not sure when. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. But uh, yeah, thank you to everyone for, for doing that. Uh, my quick thoughts real quick. I just wanted to, to give my quick thoughts in the AP poll coming out yesterday. Some thought we were going to get ranked. I thought we might sneak in there at number 24 and number 25. I saw a couple of people had us on their ballot. Unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. I think we came in at, what, like 32 or something. So so we're knocking the door. Uh, if it hasn't happened by now, though, I don't think it's going to happen, to be honest with you. you know, None of these five games are going to do anything to help our case. They can really only hurt it. Um, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. I don't think anyone really is. You know, the AP poll in the grand scheme of things means absolutely nothing. Uh, it's just nice, I think, to to see that little number next to us. We haven't seen it in, what, three years now, four years now, uh, to see that little number next to St. John's when we're playing our games. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen in, uh, in non-conference play. But, you know, if they pick up a couple wins in the Big East, I, I would expect them to be ranked. I, I said it a couple weeks ago. I, I would expect them to be ranked at some point this season. And, you know, you pick up a couple Big East wins, you will get ranked. But like I said, I think last week about the net rankings that no one understands, you know, just keep winning. Just keep winning. And they won. They can't keep you out of the tournament. That's really the most important thing. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter if they keep you out of the AP polls. If you keep winning, they cannot keep you out of the NCAA tournament. If you go 12-0 and in uh, in non-conference play and then obviously lose to Duke. So 12-1 and in non-conference play. If you win 10 Big East games, you should be in the tournament because they're not going to keep out a 22-9 and St. John's team. You know, even with how bad the non-conference schedule is with no bad non-conference losses. Uh, they, they, I don't think that's happening. So it's really all right out there in front for these guys. Let's see if they take it now. We've been talking about how we've seen like little things change, you know, from the Bowling Green game, probably a game that they would have lost in years past from the VCU game, probably a game that they would not have closed out in years past from the Georgia Tech game, probably a game that they would not have have you know worked their way back in slowly and grinded back in that game. They probably would have lost that game by 10 to 15 points in years past. This year it's a win. So let's see now if the changes continue for this team. Let's see if they can win these final five games, take care of business, don't have that fatal mental error that's going to cost you potentially a tournament spot if you lose one of these games to one of these borderline, you know, bad teams that you're playing, win these five games, get to 12-0, then take on Big E's play. That should be the goal for St. John's. So yeah, that just about wraps up our show today. I want to thank again everyone who participated in the poll, whether you just voted, whether you sent in uh, your responses, or whether you called up like David did. Uh, Thank you all. Uh, It means a lot to me. I hope you guys enjoyed this kind of special edition episode. It's going to end up being our longest episode, I think, actually. Um, But yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, We have a full week coming up now. We got Mount St. Mary's tonight. We got Princeton on Sunday, I believe. We'll probably give a reaction to that. Maybe I'll give a reaction on on, uh, on Monday, but uh, not, no instant reactions to those, I don't think. I don't think I'll be able to do those, but we will have some reaction to that on this show, so check it out if you're interested. As always, leave some feedback for me. If you like this show, if you didn't like this show with anything that we can improve on, 
because we are trying to make this the best experience for me and the best experience for everyone. I'm having fun doing this, guys, so I hope that you're enjoying listening as well. Uh, Everyone have a great week. The holiday season approaching. Happy Hanukkah to those who celebrate. And I will see you guys next week. Talk to you guys next week. Let's go, Johnny's.